Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Stranger Things podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 5, The Flea and the Acrobat. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Stranger Things podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 5, The Flea and the Acrobat, Dom. We're here, you're in a pool of water, you have a big old school submarine sort of helmet on, and you've got some things attached to your scalp underneath that, and you're channeling. You you hear Russians, you can see Gordy over there in the background. How you doing? I'm good. I'm terrified. Um, it's coming after me. It's going to get me. It's haunting my dreams. But I'm all good, man. How are you? You're also... <laughs> In a version of the Mind Pond, a slightly lower budget version. So you're in a barrel, you've been stuffed <laughs> into this barrel, and it's full of water, like except probably about two inches off the top, and you're just kind of like sucking on the air that's that's left up there, uh, and the lid's on top of the barrel, um, and you can see a crazy badger. How are you doing? So my version is like the KGB got me. Because <laughs> of your spying. <laughs> Apart from the badger part, I don't know where the badger came from. I- I'm good. I'm very excited to tell you that tonight, at some point, hopefully, but time difference bearing, we hopefully will get our first draft of our Stranger Things artwork for our new Stranger Things hoodie promotion stickers, etc. How exciting is that? That is very exciting. I can't wait to see it. I haven't, uh, like, this was all you. You put everything into this and sent stuff off and got the uh, the artist guy to, to do some stuff, right? And yeah. has he sent you anything back? Or is it all going to be a nice no. surprise for you as well? Yeah, yeah, surprise for me too. He's really excited about this one. So this is a guy called Ali that I just found on this website called Upwork, which is basically for, like, freelance artists. And um, we've kind of formed a little friendship, like uh, when I say little, just because like we're only we're only talking about the artwork and things. It hasn't gone much deeper than that. But um, I, he's in India and like he was sending me some of the like mock ups. This was for the like Boy Meets World one. And um, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm speaking to you on my phone now. I can't upload the artwork. Our electricity has just gone down and we'll be down for the next four hours. And like, he says that it like, happens all of the time that suddenly the electricity goes. Um, oh, bless him. And yeah, but he's like really like good spirited about it. And then he was like, um, I, he was like, how's the weather there? Here it's a heat wave. And I was like, yeah, it's really hot. Um, how's it there? And he was like, yeah, it's 44 degrees. Is it, you know, I mean, we're not India hot, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's great and he's very talented. And so he did our mm. podcast artwork. He's on a, the Boy Meets World one. He's doing the Stranger Things one. And I feel like we need to do a One Tree Hill focused one, like something. I just get excited by all of this, but I have no idea. But it's going to be really cool. It will be Dom and I in sort of animated form. And uh, yeah, and when we when that is available, we will let everybody know. And I'll definitely be be buying one. I mean, I don't know. If really, we're just making clothing for uh, us to wear. Really, who cares? Who cares? I like it. I mean, I haven't got a new Ravens one yet. Do you know why? Because I don't mm. want to be disappointed that I can't wear it because it's too hot. However. It absolutely tipped it down with rain today and it's pretty much predicted to rain for the rest of the year. So <laughs> I'm going to order one today. Are you going to go? For, there's two options on there. There's the front, just the front, and then there's the front and the back. You're a front and back kind of guy. you got to get the front and back. got to get the front and back. That 1990s one that I've got, the two that I've got, are just like, you've you've got to love the front and back. This It's where... People have got to see what you've got on. And if they're not looking at your front, they need to know what you're wearing from yeah. behind. <laughs> there you go. They have to know. <laughs> I need to know what podcast that is, front exactly. and back. Exactly. So, yeah, 
But I'm excited. Uh, I, I re-watched this episode today. And Same. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Our focused podcast straight in. Where do you want to start, my friend? Who are we going to start oh, with? Are we not starting with the synopsis? I mean, I was testing you, so I'm glad you said that. <laughs> do you know what I did? I, I, I trolled through several synopses, synopsi. Sure. Don't know what, don't know what the collective noun for a synopsis is. Um, and I found a shorter one that is just as good. He's got a little beer. He's having a little swig. Won't be having that in the upside down. Be a can of Fanta, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> Why? Always judging me, having an evening beverage. Always. I'm just going to have a swig of mine, my pint of water. There we go. Professional. It looks very clear. That's not from the tap. Uh, and it is filtered, if that helps. There we go. That's Yeah, well, that's... Filter. Yeah. Got to filter that bad boy. I could see it was very clear. There's nothing floating in that. There's no fluoride in that. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> There's no upside down dust in there. Right. Uh, so I, I looked for a lot of different synopses and uh, the one on IMDb was about 40 pages long. It was horrendously long. I'm not reading that this week. I've gone for a shorter one. It says all the same shit and we're just going to go for it. So I'm going to go for it now. Are you ready? I am ready. He's Blow got, my socks off. He's had a beer. He's got his game face on. He's loving life. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hopper searches Hawkins' lab, finding the substance in the basement before being knocked out by the lab's guards. The boys ask the science teacher, Mr. Clark, if it would be possible to travel between alternate dimensions, to which he answers that there could be a theoretical gate between dimensions. Hopper awakens at his house and finds a hidden microphone, realising that Joyce was right the whole time. The boys follow their compasses, hoping that the gate would disrupt the Earth's electromagnetic field. Eleven recalls memories of being placed in a sensory deprivation tank to eavesdrop on a man speaking Russian telepathically. While listening, she came across the Demogorgon, a.k.a. Gordy. Yeah. <laughs> Fearing another encounter with the Demogorgon, Eleven redirects the compasses. Lucas misinterprets this as an act of betrayal, leading Mike and Lucas to fight, and Eleven to telekinetically fling Lucas off Mike. While Dustin and Mike tend to the unconscious Lucas, Eleven runs away. Nancy and Jonathan formulate a plan to kill the Demogorgon. Searching in the woods, they encounter a wounded deer. Nancy follows it through a gate to the Upside Down, drawing its attention to her. Oh, that's a really brief that's, synopsis. It's brief, it's concise, I like it's that. good. It means I'm still not talking for another 10 minutes and we miss <laughs> out on decent podcast chat. That's good. I like that. And uh, this episode was so good. Like, I, I, am I wrong in saying that this is the best episode that we've covered so far? I'm really pleased you said that because when I was watching it earlier today, I was thinking this episode just feels much better. I just, it feels like there's so much going on, but it's like definitely worthwhile, and it felt a lot better than the previous episode. Not taking mm. anything away from the previous episode, but it just feels like. Although it was chaotic, it wasn't as chaotic, but we're, we're bringing stuff into order. And like we kind of mentioned before, is like those resolutions or at least those kind of, that support payoffs. for Joyce, isn't that? Yeah, and those payoffs are like, like coming to fruition. They're like being pushed forward now, like really early. Um, and I'm guessing that's on the back of them not knowing if they're going to have another series and, and so on and so forth. But it's definitely, definitely a much, much better episode. Actually, yeah. I saw, some, I saw a, a, an interesting interview, like a clip of an interview with David Harbour in the week um, about Stranger Things. Have you seen this? No. Where So the, the lady that does the, the hair and makeup came into his trailer, or he was in the trailer getting his hair and makeup done. And it was like season one, episode like two or something like that that they were shooting. And she's like, oh, I don't think this is going to last. And he was like, Oh, 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 really? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I see shows like come and go, and this just doesn't feel like one that's going to last. And he was like, oh, okay. So he was just kind of preparing for like eight episodes and then get another job. Do you know what I mean? And how wrong she was. And I'll be glad crazy. she was as well. Crazy. I'm glad she doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't want to hear it, lady. You stick to cutting hair, yeah? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's just more like, you know gotta be optimistic on set surely they need us there we'd be the big cheerleaders like this is great keep going love it hype men for stranger things (laughs) 
I would love that. Well, um, yeah, I think that what Stranger Things does really well and continues to do really well is there's like four or five storylines happening every episode. Like you, you know, got Nancy and Jonathan, you got the boys, you got um, Joyce and Lani, you've got uh, Hopper doing his thing. That's kind of it, right? You've got those four, four things. And usually, I think that's it. There's usually like four storylines going on. None of them are difficult to follow. You don't ever think, oh, we're spending too much time here. It like spreads the time around really well. Um, and I think that's a real achievement to, like, to have four stories going on at the same time that are connected but are separate and it feels uh, cohesive. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're only, like, perfectly said, and they're only connected by the fact that they're all after the same goal. They're not, like, interconnected in terms of they communicate with each other. And we only really get that from this episode already where Hopper now starts to believe Joyce that something's going down. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the storylines, the relationships between the characters. I mean, if you look at Nancy, for example, we see a relationship with her mum, we see a relationship with Steve, we see the relationship with Jonathan, we understand the relationship with both her parents just from nancy in this episode you know uh, and mm-hmm. and that's that's just the one character that we and we we learn so much more about her um and then you, you know moving on to joyce um her relationship with you, you know lonnie her ex-husband and then moving on to hopper and just everything just everything in this you're exactly right there's just but i think there's actually more than four storylines it just appears to be so much more happening like if you included lonnie in it if you included joyce's um Joyce's parents, Nancy's parents, you know, there's just so little elements that creep in that sort of don't confuse it. They don't make it difficult. Mm. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm really excited for all of it to finally connect and intertwine Mm -hmm. and and we'll get there obviously, but yeah, just what a great episode. Well, there's only three episodes left of this season. They really ramps up uh, towards, towards the end. Well, who... Where do you want to start? Like, should we should we start with Jonathan and Nancy? That seems like a, a good place to go. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's there's so many great moments with with them, like particularly like when he tells her off or doesn't like tell her off, or when he says, you know, you're going through this stage of rebelling. You know, the suburban girl that's going through a rebellious phase who will then come out of it, marry a one-time jock and live in a, the, in a house at the end of a cul-de-sac and become the parents that she was once rebelling against. You know, he said it much more eloquently. That was such a good line. And we have heard that be said so many different times in different TV shows and different movies, but not quite like that. And the way that he said it, I thought was really good. And then... To Nancy's credit, she also, you know, is Jonathan. I didn't. Is Jonathan Byers just the pretentious creep that we all thought he was, or you know, some is he something more? And and then in the background, obviously, we know that they've been together in real life since this point, um, which I know it shouldn't, but it always adds that extra layer of oh, it's real. Yeah, uh, there's just like that sort of bit of reality to it uh and then sort of i think a bit of awkwardness as well because it's just sort of a bit of cringe and how is it impacting them as sort of real life human beings which is you know i guess it can be awkward but they spend so much time together on set it just sort of makes sense that these things happen but what yes but what it really made me feel is how underserved jonathan's character is in the latest season in season four like we get him a bit at the beginning and then he's kind of not really there like i mean he's is about but he doesn't really have much to do and what i'm realizing watching it now and having the gaps in between watching episodes which is a massive difference because anytime you and i have watched stranger things to this point we're binging straight through it right like everybody else to have the gaps in between, you it feels like you stay with the characters for longer within each season because the season's lasting eight weeks rather than lasting two evenings, you know, and uh, and it and he gets so much more screen time and so much more weight and uh, things to do. Where in season four, not so much. I mean, 
I know we're sort of jumping ahead here, but do you have any thoughts as to why Jonathan doesn't get as much to do in season four? Do you think that perhaps it was just more going on with the other characters or they weren't sure where to take him? Or what, what do you think? I don't, I don't know, really. They they had they pushed a lot of attention on the, the relationship side of things, didn't they? And it's kind of that unspoken, you know, we've not split up, but we're also separated, but we've not really discussed it. And they kind of made him like a big sort of stoner as well. So he just sort of, he's quite happy to just get high and be with his, you know, pizza delivery mate. Um, and he just kind of ends up reading a map or driving the, the little the little van and, and trying to get to where they're trying to get to. Um, but yeah, it just, it just feels a bit awkward. I, I don't know whether that's because he's becoming less central. You know, it's not his brother that's missing. I know they're off to find 11, but he's not like a pivotal piece of the puzzle to find mm. his brother, you know, or he's just fine. I know that 11 is living with them by that point when they've moved away. But again, it's more about Mike, isn't it? Coming over to California to spend time with him and then to, to look for Eleven when she disappears. Um, and Will as well. It's kind of about them and I guess their relationship. But it flicks back to Hawkins more than we sort of spend time with them. So maybe that's maybe that's why. Just, you know, the stuff that's going in, in Hawkins is fairly important. And the stuff that's going on with Eleven is pretty crucial. So... I guess the 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 four of them are a little bit less significant. Yeah, and I guess we'll see what they do with him in season five because perhaps this is to pay off to something, you know, that he will become more involved and realise that you know he's been wasting time or who who knows. I guess I guess we'll find out. Um, Nancy going through the gate with the deer and we and us seeing the upside down for the first time really like in 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 its entirety was so odd watching it this time because i was thinking oh vecna's house must be around there vecna <laughs> must be doing something over there with spiders and stuff like it's um you know where because the universe is opened up so much because of what we know really seeing Gordy over there is he's like a foot he's a foot soldier you know it's like a small potatoes compared to what they're dealing with in in season four and I like that she trod on the vine and that's what alerted him that she was there I've just assumed his gender we don't know that Gordy is a man let's make that clear we alerted him or her well I'm assuming that Demogordons have a gender. I mean, we could just call it, just call it an it. Sure. <laughs> and uh, so inhumane. They have families, <laughs> Dom. Maybe we don't know. Maybe. But it, she alerts Gordy by stepping on the vine, and obviously we know it's a, it's like a hive mind, isn't it? That it's, it's all connected in the upside down. But the fact that so that was already in place from episode five. I think is really impressive considering that they didn't know whether there was going to be a second season. So whether they were able to explore that further, I think that's quite intricate to have that in there. Funny enough, I thought the vine stepping was because there was a sound. I thought we were made to believe that it's a sound. And then obviously we learn later on that everything is connected. Uh, So do you think I'm putting that that in there with (laughs) second viewer eyes? Oh, interesting. So I I thought, oh, okay. So it's like stepping on like a, a you know, when somebody steps on twigs in the forest and everybody, you know, can hear it immediately and they look around and it was kind of that sort of moment where she she's walking back steps on it there's a sound and she the demogorgon turns around and like screams at her um to for want of a better phrase um one thing that really bugged me really bugged me before she went in is she calls out for jonathan and jonathan's nowhere to be seen she then goes through the gate she's on the other side she steps on the vine she's chased by gordy and she screams Jonathan, and he's about four feet away. We don't know how sound travels through gates, though, do we? No, but, I mean, before she was in the gate. Oh, right, right, right. When she finds the gate, she's like, Jonathan, 
Jonathan. And he's like <laughs> fucking nowhere. But when she's in the gate, when she's on the other side, she screams Jonathan and he hears it. And he's about, he's literally like, literally the other side of the room, like distance from where I am to like to that chair, which isn't very far, by the way, if anybody can't see into my flat. Um, so I, I just don't understand like why he disappeared and suddenly she just goes through this gate on her own when he was li- literally not far at all. I it's just, a great... Was, it's the only thing that bugged me. Well, that's fair. But it's, it's a great cliffhanger, isn't it? It's a great end of episode device that we're watching the gate close over in the tree. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time watching it thinking, oh, it's just that it's a magical tree. And thinking that that is the way through there's not like any other gates or any other way to get through it's just this magical tree and it's going to be like this tree was planted by <laughs> robin hood i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like what like, i think when i first watched it i thought oh maybe the gate moves so it was one gate mm. but it moves and we don't know where it's going to pop up that's why the like demogorgon is appearing in different places and attacking people at different points and places because it mm. it'll appear and it can come through and you know it's still sort of within the forest but it's near steve's house because that's where it takes barb and then it's near you know will's house i guess and, you know when will disappears and I, I yeah i just thought it interchanged but yeah it's an interesting way of thinking of it if it was just that tree and that tree was the gate and that was the way like um 11 must have got out and and right. so on and so forth so we're still not clear on that right like as in in terms of because i was saying it last episode i can't remember we must see it but how she gets out of the lab um and also what occurred to me which we, we can talk well let's talk about it now that's what we're doing isn't it is um when hopper goes into the lab at the beginning and he loves to punch someone doesn't he oh yeah he loves it (laughs) also going to see the show with him tomorrow i'm gonna take the shorts i've let effany know to get them signed and i asked her if she would secretly record me being like hey david we love you and try and get him to say like even just one word you know thank you so that i can then put that on the podcast and then he is guested on our on our podcast right friend of the show (laughs) (laughs) i said f would you would you do that and she said absolutely not (laughs) i'm not surprised (laughs) (laughs) but i think maybe i would i would just hold my phone in my hand i don't know it's too much of an opportunity to try and miss it could you say david i do a stranger things podcast could you say raven's podcast we love you something like that just get him to Plug the podcast. Get him get him on there. Get him on there, Simon, like you do. You're persistent. Oh my god. I know you, in you dig, person you, though. You're gonna dig your teeth in and you won't let go. <laughs> in person. Could you know, like if it wasn't like the thing is he's gonna be mobbed coming out. It's not gonna be yeah. like at a Comic Con where like when we spoke to Craig Sheffer and it's able to be like oh you get a second with him. He's gonna be mobbed. And he's big time now, isn't he? Yeah, he's big it's time. So yeah, super it's gonna be, famous. I mean, it's like, going to be difficult. Wasn't it something crazy? Like eighty million people watched season four of Stranger Things. Something crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how. We'll see how confident. We'll see how many glasses of wine I've had. <laughs> <laughs> David, David, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's about one tree hill. No, one stranger. No, you don't. Boy meets world, please. Say something. <laughs> Bill Pullman. <laughs> Casper, Independence Day. We will not go quietly into the night. <laughs> I watch that on YouTube at least like once every couple of months. Wow. Just buy it, man. What? I have it. I just the clip. <laughs> I'm not going to dust off the DVD player plug it in get to the chapter selection find that one scene back to stranger things so unfocused (laughs) so unfocused okay well sorry what occurred to me is when hopper is going through the lab and he's punched the guy and he sees he's looking for will and he sees the bed with like a teddy bear on and must have been one of the kids you know numbers one to 11 you know one of their 
beds. And my thought was, where are these kids? Like, do we know? I know they most of them get killed, or all of them get killed by Vecna, don't they? Oh, that's why. Okay, I answered it myself. They all get killed by Vecna. Yeah, okay. And then Eleven's the last <laughs> was, one. And when I was wa- when I was watching it, I was thinking, how lucky is Hopper getting to walk around when all the kids are dead and he can't be killed by them? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They would just fuck him up like instantly, but he doesn't have to worry about that because none of them exist anymore and there was no 12 11 was the last as far as we know right as far as we know but i have no doubt season five will have a magical 12th appear they're gonna have to bring back um i think it was eight wasn't it who was in season three i think yeah and we're gonna have to match up their powers to kill one vecna right because they're the only two left right so or maybe Vecna's gonna like, you know, be normal again. No, like gonna <laughs> like demolish eight, and that would be like our sacrifice, you know. Maybe, maybe, but... maybe it's like Highlander, and the less of them there are, the more the stronger, like eleven will become. But the stronger Vecna gets, like there can only be one. So right, as soon right, as right. as soon as they're all gone, that's it. Like eleven is like uber power, doodah. Or if Eleven's dead, then Vecna can turn the upside down into the right way up. Right, right. Well, when we get to the end of season four, we can do like a predictions episode. What we think is going to happen in season five. The fact that in this, in a month's time, we'll already be on season two is crazy. Mm. So It's good though. Yeah, it's great. Well, so Hopper is, he kind of sees the gate right and um or another gate that's like the big gate you've got the big gate you've got a tree gate that's they're the gates that we're aware of so far like the the main gate and the side gate (laughs) (laughs) yeah you come in come in the main gate you're going around the side i'll come in the side (laughs) all right you go in the side i'll go through the main meet you there (laughs) well but then they he gets knocked out and they uh put him back in his trailer now Old mobile. Are we calling it a trailer? I don't know what we're. What are we calling Space. that? Yeah, trailer, 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 trailer. Because we home. see, we see static, that now. Static home. Static home. Right. <laughs> we see that now, but we don't really see that again after the first season. I don't think because he starts living in like the cabin with Eleven later, and this place is like back, backs onto the lake, doesn't it? And it seems alright. It seems quite nice. I mean. It's a bit of a, it's not a very wealthy area, is it, Hawkins? Like, we've got Steve's house, and Steve's got some money, but most of the other... Oh, and um, Mike seems to live, and Dustin, and Lucas, they're all all right, actually. It's just Will, and maybe it's just Will, and then later, Max. Um, But yeah, what happens to this place? Like, why does he not... I think, like, but, like, the houses and stuff, I think, is, like, um, I think a reflection of, like, broken families and, and the effect mm. that has, like, e- like e- economically at the time. Like, it's just kind of, like, stereotyping it a little bit, but I, I think it's kind of true to life. I, it upsets me so much that he doesn't look in the lamp first. That's, like, the first place to look. And it's he the destroys... first place to look, Hopper. Oh my god! And he just trashes the joint. He the... rips up his sofa, like knife it's into the sofa. So upsetting, so upsetting. And if you take fucking two light bulbs out of a lamp and you find nothing, put them back. <laughs> just put them back. You don't have to fucking worry about it, then, do you? It's already back. It's done. Job done, mate. But no, he just absolutely trashes a joint, takes everything apart, tears his kitchen apart, does this, does that, and then suddenly looks up and goes, oh, I've got a fucking light fitting up there. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Second thing that actually annoyed me about this episode. (laughs) But mostly because it was just the untidiness. I I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, But I would have looked at the lamp, the lights first, all the lamps and lights, and then looked at the extra bits. But I loved it when he appeared at Joyce's. With, with the, the yeah and the gun they're still like uh, yeah and then it was just like fuck there's about a thousand light bulbs in here <laughs> no it's good because i mean he's fully invested into this now like he really cares 
and is and wants to find out what the mystery is and finally Joyce is vindicated and he lets her know that the body in the morgue is a fake and so that gives her some hope I guess that Will is still alive at least and uh yeah I I think I think it's great it, wait, and Lani four is episodes, a and it took four episodes for her to be proven not crazy yeah. by someone else. You know, it's it's brilliant. I, I mean, even Jonathan, Jonathan now is like, need to talk to you about you, you know this. We need to get rid of Lonnie. We need to do this. We need to do that. So, yeah. Well, can we talk about uh, the <clears throat> the main the main kids, Dustin, Mike, Lucas? 11 their storyline of walking through the train tracks and following the compasses this is where we is some quintessential what we know to be quintessential stranger things action going on here like dustin being the one to work out about the compasses and explaining everything like that becomes kind of a bit of a formula not saying that that's bad it's what we love and you know how we've got to know the characters but when they're in the sort of what would you call it the the yard the wreckage yard with like the you know old cars and whatever they're so nostalgic of like stand by me and movies of that uh ilk but done so well and i was i was thinking that gaten that plays dustin he was going to be I, I'll spoil it he was going to be like my performer because I thought he's he's just done so well he's delivered all of the he's delivered what is quite bulky dialogue in a way that feels natural and realistic you know I'd imagine on the page that's probably quite hard to all of you know going through all of the compasses and everything to make it sound natural but he does but then when they get to the argument between Lucas and Mike Lucas, um, who I think his name's Caleb in real life, isn't it? Um, outstanding. Like the acting that that kid is doing. And what, how old is he? Maybe 30, 12, 13 at this point. So did you write? Have you written? Yeah, there you go. And he Dom show me he wrote favorite performer as well. It's just, it's the way his, it's the way his voice changes it's uh, the way he moves. It's the way that he gets up after he's been sort of blown back by Eleven. And uh, he, he, we've all been there when you're a kid and you've like, you're hurt and really you want to like cry and you you need time and you just have to get away from everyone. You know, leave me alone, get away. He's just outstanding in this episode. Like, wow. All right, what did, give me your thoughts. I mean, the more I watch these three boys plus 11 but mostly the three together i think that mike is like a bit of a backseat driver i think he wants to be in charge he wants to be you know you know the the man about town kind of thing but actually the other two like seem to be far superior compared to him Uh, and in terms of performances as well they both the other two just appear to be just better i just feel like they're, they're they're actually handle it like really really well not to take anything away from him but yeah i just i just i really enjoyed watching uh like caleb mclaughlin i really mm. enjoyed watching him in this episode i thought he was fantastic lucas's character just sort of blossomed even more in this in this episode and i just thought brilliant and well done. i'm so glad you brought it up because i had it written down and it was like the first thing i wrote down when i was you know making my notes on the episode and, and like picking my judgments and stuff and it, it, I couldn't see anyone else being better than him in, in just in this episode. And, you know, normal sort of performances from Winona Ryder and so on and so forth. We talked about her forever being a crazy lunatic. And when she's kicking Lonnie out um, and doesn't want him around anymore, she realizes he's in it for the money. And it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a horrible conversation between them. And, you know, he's like, Jonathan, go to college on that money. And you don't even know what college he wants to go to. He's just, all of that is great. But... Lucas slash Caleb, fantastic, and and I think he really really overshadowed the the other two in that moment. Mm. Well, he, I know that Caleb and Gaten in real life were from Broadway. Had um, yeah, 
I can't. I I might be Caleb misquoting was in this. The Lion, Lion King, King the Lion yeah. King, and I think it was Gaten in um, Les Mis, maybe. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not again not taking away from anyone else, but I guess they're seasoned at a high level because you're performing every day, maybe twice a day, at least once a day, every day. That's yeah, and and you have to know all your lines as well. So I, I'm guessing like the the dialogue that they're receiving they kind of retain it quite well because you know that's something that you know if, you, if you're going to learn big bits of speech or songs or whatever for for the musicals that you're in you're going to have to know it off by heart because there's no like going, oh stop can we just you know start that scene again and yeah it doesn't work like that I mean you can fluff your lines that's the I guess that's the good thing about it being on film and you can start again but that even that costs a lot of money so you know it helps to to get it right first time so yeah, I can imagine just from a performance perspective and ability perspective, they're already like a class above. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, you don't want it to end. Like, I don't want their scenes to end. It's so good. And really, when you're thinking about it, when they've cast Stranger Things, this is the easy, this is easy, this is easily the easiest part that they could have messed up. You know, because you casting children is difficult, you know, and getting really good child actors is difficult. But they've managed to do it with every child actor they have. Like, like I think you said it in one of the early episodes, maybe in the first episode of our podcast. Whoever the casting director was, they deserve some sort of an award. <laughs> like, if there's an award for that, they should get it. Yeah, I, I mean... I- I think there probably is awards for it, but um, uh, hopefully they've received it because it's this just so well put together. Every it's like every person that is in this show, they've really thought out. Okay, what's their capability? You know, let's put them through this process and that process, and who's who, who are they going to fit? You know, you couldn't see, um, like the guy that plays Jonathan couldn't play Steve, and mm. probably vice versa. It wouldn't work the the other way around either. You know, yeah. and you, I, you couldn't see the kids playing any any version of the other kids either. So I, they they just kind of fit perfectly into into their roles and the roles that they've been given, and it's it's really impressive, really impressive. For sure. And this time, watching it, knowing the information about Lani, knowing that he was going to have Steve's redemption arc, and then it got changed and was given to Steve instead you kind of can see it a little bit. Like, as in, he even looks like he would be a good casting fit to play Steve's dad. Like, they even look like, you know, with some of, like, you know, he's got good hair and and sort of style and whatever. Um, but it's interesting. Like, even at this point, you could still imagine him having, like, Lani being the hero in the end. Um, but obviously, we know that doesn't happen. But, yeah. what did you Did you keep that in mind or no? Yeah, no, I did. I, like, I had that in mind from when you mentioned it before and seeing him in this episode thinking, like, I wonder what the like the power play situation is going to be now watching him. I know the funeral's coming up, how he's going to act um, and how it would have been when he'd found out as well, once he'd realised Will is actually still alive. You know, what would what would his journey have been and his understanding of what the hell was going on and how would he kind of interact with Hopper? Because without him in the picture... It means that, um, you know, Joyce has that kind of connection with Hopper that has been there from years ago. And then Bob steps in and kind of... Bob. I love Bob, but Bob makes that even more a bit like that, like creates extra tension between Hopper and Joyce because Bob's such a lovely guy and she's with Bob because he's such a lovely guy. But really she's, you know wants to be with Hopper and Hopper wants to be with her and it just kind of eventually happens later on down the line but even from these episodes you can you can see there's a bit of a history there you can see that there's a connection there's chemistry so you know there's just all these if Lonnie had been around what would that have been like how would that have gone down would he still be with Joyce would he really understood what was going on the upside down you know just all of these elements that you think Jesus how 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 would this have worked with this kind of father figure now in the picture, you know, and kind of controlling Jonathan a bit and so on. Yeah, very, 
interesting to sort of consider that as you're watching this episode, knowing that he's not going to be in it really anymore. Yeah, for sure. And um, Eleven doesn't, she doesn't really have that much to do in this episode. I know we see her going, it's like in flashback um, and going into the water chamber thing and spying on the Russian and I think we get more of that a bit later. Like she goes in again because she actually touches Gordy on his back, doesn't she? Or her back, its back, and that's what sort of uh, that's what creates him. That creates the gate, and that's what you know lets him out. But yeah, more a bit more of less to do in this one, really. Is that fair? Yeah, to say? yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, there was the whole she's sort of knackered from the the sort of previous episode and using all her powers and it's kind of drained her a bit. So she's like recuperating um, and then playing tricks on the, the compasses to, to steer them away from danger. And she has kind of their best interest at heart, but also she's terrified and she really doesn't want to come across this um, uh, Demogorgon for real. She wants to, to stay away from it and she wants them to stay away from it. Um, and there's no knowing really for her other than, you know, them hearing Wool's voice through the radio. There's no real uh, way of them knowing at the moment if he is is still alive. You know, mm. they believe it and they want to believe it, which is which is great. Um, but they don't actually know. So she's trying to do the right thing by doing the wrong thing, really, rather than sort of having the ability to kind of talk to them and say that it's really dangerous. It's, we need to be careful. We need kind of backup we you know and they don't know that nancy and jonathan are already on their way to try and find it and kill it um so yeah she she did have a lot a lot less to do but a great great screaming this oh, is yeah. you know if she was cast on screaming like you know lex in jurassic park she definitely gets the part yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah she'd be good at that if they if jurassic park was made now yeah, she'd make a good she'd make a good fit. M- MBB would get the part. Yeah, and maybe actually uh Will would be a good fit for Timmy. Timmy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see why not. Tim the human toast. <laughs> um well, I have to take a moment to talk about the jackets. So we start to get Lucas is wearing one and Nancy is wearing one, which is the Levi's like Sherpa jackets, you know, that have that sort of looks like sheep wool coming out of it. And obviously they were huge in the 80s and then they had a resurgence. I think maybe in part because of Stranger Things. I bought one because of Stranger Things back, you know, of course I did. But back in like season two, I got the red one like Lucas um, they're so cool. Is there something you would wear? I could see you wearing one of them. I'll give it a go. Are you going to get me one? Would you like one? Sure. <laughs> what? What? The red one? Yeah. Would you? Was that what you'd have? The red one. Uh, what you'd was? Make a, you'd make a good Christmas present. Was Was Lucas's one the like a denimy one, like blue? Or did he have the red one? No, he had the Nancy's red one. Was the, Nancy. Was the denim. Was like blue, blue yeah. Blue, so it's yeah. kind of the red one. It's like a, it's almost like it's a brushed cotton kind of thing. But then it's got that lining all on the inside, and then it comes out on like the collar. It sounds very cozy, doesn't it? Hell yeah! Yeah, I'd give that a go. Christmas, a little Christmas present for Dom. Sure, <laughs> that get people saving up for me now. GoFundMe page. <laughs> no, I'm saying I will get it for you for Christmas. It's good. <laughs> I don't have to think about it now. <laughs> need to remember i'm still waiting for your birthday present to arrive and it is stranger things related so i'm going to ruin that for you it's stranger things related and um i ordered it not knowing that it was a pre-order and i have no idea no idea when it's released when it's actually going to arrive so when it does arrive i'll obviously bring it to you but yeah i don't know when that will be so that's, you might have to wait for ages. That's or fine. I've been I've been scammed and I've paid <laughs> however much money for this gift and it's never going to arrive. So, but it's Stranger Things related. I, th- I think you'll like it. I'm sure I will, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Just pretend if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad and not look at hiding my expression when I get gifts. Like Ethany hates it. Like she knows instantly if I don't like what I've been given. <laughs> like I can't hide it. <laughs> well. 
drama degree you get away with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there you go well if with that shit, being you'll never know <laughs> oh no you hated the crystals well the... <laughs> where are those crystals they're here man they're here do you just have uh, do i just have a little corner of your desk where you've got whitey lit- randolph and some crystals Literally, randolph whitey crystals dilithium crystals star trek related they're not just random weird crystals i'm not a weirdo or crystal I'm, meth. I'm, not, I'm not a weirdo <laughs> like 11 yeah that's good I, you see what's happening every birthday every christmas i'm slowly turning that corner of that side of your apartment into my room in here it's just slowly gonna take over i might have to get like a cabinet or something to be able to put this on like next to my desk or shelves yeah or something because i'm i haven't got really much space on my desk so i need to like <laughs> I might put, I might get like a little cabinet that's the same height as my desk, put it next to it, and it can have all the trinkets you buy me. <laughs> you better ask Whitey first. Like, you can't just move him. Look how long he lived in that house, even, you know, and Camilla died, he stayed there. It's a whole. We'll talk it through. I'm sure I'll be okay. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so let's roll into judgments. But first, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and what? How could you not? Then check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because Gordies like to go through tree-shaped gates, but they also go through... Tree-shaped nets? (laughs) And they also like to go through the main gates, which is also known as... Hoops. (laughs) Ravenshoops.net. We'll work that out one time. Dom... Who's your favourite performer of this episode? Hands down, Caleb McLaughlin. Quality performance. We talked about it already. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, what yeah. about you? Agreed. Same. Yeah. Favourite character? I've actually given my favourite character to Nancy. I think we, we learned so much more about Nancy, about what she feel, like how she feels about her family and Steve and how that relationship has changed. And we just saw so much from her and her confidence like growing and willingness to to sort of find will and kill this demogorgon that killed or made Barbara disappear. So Nancy was my favorite character. Yours? Mine is Dustin um, because I felt like we saw him being the most Dustin that we've seen <laughs> so far in terms of the, we already know him from the later seasons. And I don't know if I've made this clear enough yet or not but he is my favorite character i think of the show like i love him he is the best i love him i I love them all but particularly i love him Mm. what about your favorite background performer what one line or less so i actually picked like the soldier guy who was in the had the white hat on um that hopper was pointing a gun at the whole time he was breaking into Hawkins' lap um, and he takes his card. He doesn't say anything. He's just like pinned up against the wall the whole time. So I picked that guy. What about you? That's a good choice. I picked the guy that puts the sort of like electric little monitors onto Eleven's <laughs> head just before she goes into the, you know, water tank. Funny enough, when I saw him, I thought, this guy's like they just pluck this guy at the production team and she's like yeah need you to just stand in he's not an actor they've just found a guy just put that like, on her head <laughs> he normally does the light rigging but we're just gonna tell him to whack this on her and then we're done <laughs> yeah why not good, good choice what about your favorite line um my favorite line is a dustin line and it was when lucas said how much further have we got to go and he said i don't know these only tell direction not distance you really need to learn more about compasses <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was brilliant so yeah that was mine uh, and yours i like that i actually wrote it down honorable mention to dustin saying do you see a battery pack on this when he's talking about the <laughs> compass so another <laughs> compass related one which i thought was funny but i actually gave it to a lucas line which he said did you ever stop to think that she might be the monster which I think is just a great perspective change. Like, because mm. in the first season, we don't know, do we? Like, we know that she's not gaudy, but we also assume her to be good, but she could be monster-like. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, well she, we don't know the like the capacity of her powers, do we? Really, and what she, you know, might do when she's like not conscious, and you know right. how things like like personify themselves and stuff so yeah i mean great line what a great choice thank you favorite song uh i picked the last song of the episode which was called nocturnal me by echo and the Bunnymen. um i thought it was a really good good song to end on and what about yours of course it was the final song yeah nice love that good song. choice <laughs> and then last but not least the precious say it with me one motherfucking time precious rating did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Yes. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? I think it increased. I had what a number. I had a number. <laughs> I had a number. I knew it from when I was watching some of these scenes. I was like, I, it can't be anything but this. <laughs> so We've here got we the same number. <laughs> here we go. We'll say it after three. One, two, three, ten. Ten. It's perfect. It was so good. Apart from your two little nitpicks, sure. But it... <laughs> and the annoyance at Hopper just trashing his Trashing place. a joint, yeah. That's pissed me off. And fucking Jonathan vanishing and then reappearing. But it was a pretty perfect episode. It leaves you desperate to watch the next episode, but it wasn't all set up. There was a lot of payoff as well. The story is being told at a great pace. There is nothing wasted. I think it is perfect. And you know what I'm like with binging? The next episode started, I'd left it on for five minutes and I was like, no, (laughs) and stopped it. (laughs) But yeah, perfect episode. Really enjoyed it. We believe Joyce now. Fucking, we got rid of Lonnie. You know, just shit's coming together. Nancy and Jonathan are investigating, trying to catch it, kill it, whatever. It's all happening and it's, sort of happening from this episode so i'm really excited for the next three same and i'm really enjoying our stranger things podcast our focus podcast i think it's um i think it's going swimmingly so uh let's do let's take it back to the upside down so ravens on one i'd like you to do it in your I'm 11 and you're the Russian, so I'd like you to do it in a Russian accent. Okay, I'll do my very best. Best Russian accent. Okay, now we do Ravens on one, three, two, one. Ah! Ravens! Ravens! <laughs> <laughs>